illegal participation on the defense. 15-yard penalty from the previous spot remains first down. This had better be a big play after all of that. Second down at eight, four and a half to go in the half, six nothing Beavers. Jonathan from the right hash from the zone 25, goes back to throw, and throws the out, and it's caught, and it's going to be a big play! Chad Johnson down the left sideline, nobody will catch Chad, and it's a touchdown 75 yards for the Beavers! This is the moment, and right here we'll tell perhaps all about that. Third and one and a half from the right hash. Simon's in the handoff, can't cut to the left, first down and more, 30, 25, 20, Simonton on his way, 10, into the end zone, touchdown Beavers, and the streak is going to end here tonight. The snap on target to Nick. he gets a much better punt away here, Sammy Strotter back to his 30 yard line, starts up the middle, gets to the 40, he's got a seam, 45 midfield, 45, 40, he's got a chance to go, 20, 15, 10, 5, Welcome to Illegal Participation, the official podcast of the Heiner Tailgater. Recording this while firmly ensconced at the Heiner Tailgater headquarters, I'm your host and the big bald guy behind the grill, Bill Heine Heinrich. Joining me, as always, back from his Caribbean vacation, now located at the Twin Pines Vineyards and Airbnb, the director of thermodynamic lipid immersion, my co-host and brother, the Beach. Beach, how was uh, your cruise? Did I lose you, Billy? No, I'm here. How was your cruise? I, I we just had a solar flare. Oh. Um, what what was that? How was your cruise? My cruise was uh, was good. Uh, it's the second cruise I've ever been on. The last one I took was probably in 2005, I think. So 2005, 2006, something like that. Okay. So what, what's, what's that been? Quite a few years ago now. So it, it, was, uh, it was interesting. We went on the, uh, the Disney uh, uh, boat called the, or ship called the Wish, which just went out uh, in the ocean here, I think in July. Yeah. The winter service. So, uh, pretty cool. I mean, it had quite a few uh, bars on board, a lot of entertainment going on. Uh, they had a little mermaid show one night. They had Aladdin show one night. They got a couple of theaters on board that was showing, uh, like Thor, uh, Love and Thunder, uh, uh, Doctor Strange, and they were also showing the new live action Pinocchio. Um, we stopped in Nassau, and I went to Nassau on my last cruise. NASA hasn't changed. It's still pretty much a shithole. Don't ever go there. If you have to stay on the boat, get a, get a pass for the, the, the spa and hang out in the spa. Much better to hang out in the spa than to go to NASA. Um, cause all it is is a bunch of people trying to take your money and they really have nothing to offer. Anyway, um, it was surprising. There was, there used to be a hard rock cafe there and it's abandoned. So if that tells you how wonderful place is. 
Really? But uh, yeah, I don't know when it opened or when it closed, but uh, the building's just sitting there, and you can still see the sign on it, and it just says for lease. So yeah, um, but um, we went to Castaway Key, which is uh, the the Disney Cruise Line's private island. So that was interesting. It was supposed to parasail, but the wind was too. Yeah, and this is what I don't get. You're supposed to parasail. There was too much wind. You know, I wouldn't you think that would help you parasailing? You'd think. But, uh, you would think. But then we were talking about it, and apparently somebody just died parasailing here a week or so ago. Uh, I don't know if it was on uh, in the Bahamas, but uh, uh, apparently the wind caught them. The boat uh, cut the line because they were losing control. And the the parasail ended up crashing into the bridge and killing one of the two passengers on board. Oh, geez. Yeah, I know. So, But I'm like, there's no bridges on Castaway Key. We have nothing to worry about. So, um, but we, we went snorkeling. We, we did, a, did a little bit of a hike. Yeah, it was good times. So. Looks like, the, looks like the heart. Did you miss me while I was gone, Billy? Sure. <laughs> Dig. It looks like the Hard Rock in NASA closed in November of 2020. Oh, really? Yeah. So must not have been able to survive through the uh, pandemic. It looks like it. Okay. Yeah, it was it was in pretty rough shape. And that was the one thing that kind of made me sad was, you know, when you think that like NASA, their whole economy is based upon cruise ships coming in and people shopping there trying to get tax free goods and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And when you think all those cruise lines stopped, they had no boats coming in. And I mean, how how do those people feed themselves? You know, because they're totally reliant upon tourist dollars coming in. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it was kind of we were kind of thinking about that when we were walking around. So we didn't walk around much though, as we we went into about three or four different stores, stopped in the Starbucks, um, so the girls could get. Uh, check their emails on the internet and we go back to the boat. Yeah. So, yeah, not much to do there, but, uh, but the uh, castaway key was kind of cool. So, right on. Kind of weird seeing being on an Island out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. I bet. So <laughs> like you, you sit there going, how the hell did they get all this crap out here? Yeah. They... This was one weird thing. So, so Disney actually has stores on castaway key that are rented by locals to sell stuff in. Oh Yeah. And from what I understand, they literally take a boat from the whatever island they live on, and they'll they drive they they boat out to Castaway Key and open up their little little kind of shanty to uh, sell their wares there to the people. Hmm. Yeah. So I don't know where how far the island you know how far an inhabited island is from Castaway Key, but but uh, apparently people commute to sell their stuff there. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, welcome back. Yeah, I I missed a hell of a week. Yeah, you missed a heck of a weekend of football games. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, I was flying on Saturday, so I didn't get uh, I didn't get to watch much. And 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 the teaser that I got from uh, ESPN, since I apparently don't have a uh, internet provider, I don't get ESPN for free. And they gave me about fifteen minutes of the Beaver game before they shut it off while I'm sitting at the Seattle airport. You're 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 a Disney cast member, don't you get it for free? I don't know how to use that. So, and actually, I don't think you do. I think what they make you do, 
if you want to get do you, do you do you either get that or your main gate uh yes okay yeah and totally not worth it yeah so so anyway right. yeah either get free free access into disney theme parks or i get uh disney plus hulu and uh and espn at no charge yeah so I, I think uh, getting access to the Disney theme parks uh, for free is probably a better option. Especially with your main gate. Yeah. Yep. 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 So, well, I just want to remind everyone that our purpose of illegal participation is talk beaver sports, tailgate, and anything else we find interesting and fun every week. Remember, if you want to get in touch with us, there's a couple different ways to do it. Heinrich tailgater at gmail.com at Heinrich tailgater on Twitter or Heinrich tailgater in Facebook. Remember you can listen to us on Apple podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and most other podcatchers. All right, Beej, ready to talk a little beaver sports? Yes, Billy. Catch me up on what I missed. All righty. First up, let's talk a little women's volleyball. Are there butts involved in women's volleyball, Billy? Probably. Uh, how, how are we looking? Please tell me. Well, tell me we well, had some success. Well, Beach, Friday night up at Alaska Airlines Arena in Seattle, Oregon State fell in straight sets to number 16, Washington. Now, I my, don't even know we talk about this anymore. Michael Vernon was the only Beaver in double figures offensively, finishing the night with 11 kills. And then, okay. Beach. On Sunday afternoon at Bowler Gym in Pullman. They went all the way over to Pullman. The Oregon State volleyball team dropped the Pac-12 road contest to Washington State in straight sets. Now for the nighttime of the season, Michael Vernon led the Beavers in kills, finishing the match as the only Beaver in double figures with 10. She's an animal out there, but you can't do it on your own. <laughs> nope. The Beavers are now 6-10 and 10 overall, 1-5 and five in the Pac-12. And they return to action on Friday against UCLA. First serve from LA is set for 7 p.m. Let's hope we have better news next week. Well, Beach, we got some women's soccer to talk about. Ooh, women's soccer. Okay. Positive things happening. Two unanswered goals by Maddie Tetz and McKenna Martinez were not enough to bring Oregon State back against Colorado on Thursday afternoon. OSU, Son of a bitch. OSU dropped the road opener three to two to the Buffaloes at Prent Up Field. Nothing to say. I I I got nothing to say. I'm just you you know if it wasn't for the fact that I know what happened Saturday night, I'd be crying right now. Well, Beach. Because then on Sunday afternoon and Salt Lake City against Utah, the Oregon State women fell six to nothing. You know, we need to just call Mulligan, get rid of this week, and start over. Well, Beach, OSU held the Utes off the board until they broke, until the hosts broke through with goals in the 23rd and 41st minute um, of the game. Utah used four goals in the second half to finish the game. The Bees will stay on the road for a Friday night match on the 14th at Washington. Kickoff with the Huskies is set for 7 p.m. It's a late game. Yeah, well, not for soccer, but yeah, Beavers are just not big. good. Four, seven, and two overall. Zero oh, and five in the Pac-12. Wow, not good. Not good at all. Are we a young team? Is this what you'd call a rebuilding year? 
Because I thought we had success last year. Uh, they were bad. They were okay last year, but they weren't great. Okay. Yeah. But we're regressing. I would think so, yes, a little bit. Okay. All right, Beach, let's talk men's soccer. Better? Well, Beach, the Oregon State men's soccer team battled Cal to a 1-1 draw Thursday evening at Lorenz Field in Corvallis. Dante Williams scored the Beavs' lone goal of the contest, a first-half uh, score, which was his third goal of the season. Overall, Oregon State led the shot count 22-6, to and held a 10-2 advantage on corner kicks. So we shot the hell out of the goal. We couldn't get it through the upper, or what do you call that, through the through the net, through the box, through the rectangle? <laughs> I, I don't know what the hell they call it. Into the back of the net? I don't know. <laughs> then, so, then Beach, Sunday afternoon at Paul Lorenz Field. Oh, please tell me they tied again, because God knows we want to tie. Oregon State men's soccer team battled number five Stanford. To a, to a two to two draw. God damn it. I knew it. Sons of bitches. <laughs> Oregon State <laughs> fell behind by a goal early in the second <laughs> half, but a strike from Malhamath Thiem leveled the score, and Clarence Allendor put the Beavs in front with less than 10 minutes to play. But Stanford struck again in the closing minutes of the match as the teams split the points for the game. Why in the hell can't they have like a shoot off at the end if it's tied? They don't in the regular season. They do in the playoffs. Okay, that makes no sense whatsoever. Well, that, because that, that, that's like saying that's like saying in football. Well, we only go to Kansas plan uh, if, if it's a bowl game, but we don't bother to do Kansas plan if it's this bullshit. You either do it or you don't. You don't pick the games that you do it on. I am soccer pussies anyway. All right, bees. The bees will take on Portland next weekend at Lorenz Field. More details on that contest will be announced this week flopping on the ground because somebody stubbed their toe. Oh, I got hurt. Somebody threw out a yellow card. Ooh, yellow card. All right, Beach. Uh, let's talk a little women's basketball. Ooh. Okay. How are, how is uh, Mr. Rook and the ladies doing? This, this I feel, positive news coming out. Well, Beach, the Oregon State women's basketball team announced game times for six non-conference homes games as well as its preseason exhibition game last Thursday. The Beavs will return to Gill Coliseum for an afternoon exhibition contest against Western Oregon at 2 p.m. on October 30th. The season opener against Hawaii is slated for a 5.30 p.m. tip. Mm. Contests against Seattle on November 10th, Eastern Washington on November 17th, and North Carolina Central on December 27th are scheduled to tip off at 6 p.m. Oregon State will face Prairie View A&M at 1 p.m. on November 19th and square off with Southern at 11 a.m. on December 1st. And usually, Beach, that game on December 1st at 11 a.m., that's usually the one where they invite in all the little uh, kids, uh, school kids from from around the area. Okay. Now, the Beavs await the final release of the Pac-12 schedule for the dates and times of their 18 league games. Okay. We should go to a couple games this year, Billy. We, we can try. Okay, let's 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 try to plan for for one or two. Okay, let's talk a little men's basketball. Okay, the men's basketball team has finalized its schedule for the 22-23 regular season, as the Pac-12 conference announced TV selections and game times for the upcoming campaign. Now the bees will have six games carried live on the ESPN family of networks 
with the remainder airing on the Pac-12 networks. Oregon State is slate. So they already know exactly what games are going to be on ESPN and which ones are going to be on Pac-12? Correct. Even though we don't know how good the team is going to be or the teams they're playing are going to be. Correct. It's different than football. Interesting. Okay. Now, Oregon State is slated to open the season on November 7th at 9 p.m. when Tulsa visits Gill Coliseum. Okay. 9 p.m. tip. 9 p.m.? That's late. That is late. Yeah. And that's and that's an ESPN game? Uh, no, I believe that'll be on uh, Pac-12. Pac-12? Okay. Now, all hmm. three of OSU's games at the PK Legacy event will air on an ESPN network, along with the team's home game versus Washington on December 1st. The Beavs' matchup with Texas A&M will be carried by ESPN2. Okay. Now, OSU also announced that it will take on Bushnell on November 15th, rounding out its non-conference slate. This season will mark the second time Oregon State has ever faced the Beacons. Now, Bushnell, known um, up until 2020 as Northwest Christian, previously visited Gill Coliseum in 2015. When did, why did they change their name to Bushnell? Do you think I just know these things? I do because you know that's be just gonna, you're, because you said yourself be just going to ask me why they changed their name because you know that's why I'm going to ask because I am part of our listening base. They're all wondering the same question I'm going to ask you. Well, Beach Bushnell University is a private Christian university in Eugene, Oregon. It is historically affiliated with the Christian Church and the Disciples of Christ and the Christian churches and churches of Christ. The institution was renamed from Northwest Christian University in 2020 to give it a broader appeal. So they're they're getting rid of their Christian roots? No, it's still a Christian university, but they renamed it to Bushnell to give it a a, a, a wider appeal. Who Who is this, Bushnell? It doesn't say who it's who it's named for. Well, that's not a very good Wikipedia really it, information. There. It, it's just like it's just like Corbin University in Salem. Nobody knows why they called it Corbin. Well, they it was renamed Corbin University. Yeah, yeah. Because they renamed it um, from what was it called before? It was like. Uh, what was the name before? Do you remember? Oh, I can't remember. I just remember they changed the signs on I-5 when you drive north. Because um, it was Western Baptist College. There we go. It was there Western we Baptist College. So it's still a Christian college, but they just changed the name to give it a wider appeal to more people. Okay. Some people, if they read Christian or Bible or anything like that, it turns them off right out of the gate. Hmm. Interesting. So there you go. Okay. Hey, Billy. Yes, Beach. You didn't hear that. Oh, you didn't pitch that damn thing over the side of the boat? I just pulled out that was close. So I freaking cord hooked around the freaking uh, the, the handle and it, it wouldn't go. I tried. <laughs> it's, it's like some bitch is possessed. So anyway, lugged that son of a bitch all the way back. It had to be my freaking carry on, you know, my personal item. They're like, what is that? I'm like, it's my personal item. Leave me alone. <laughs> 
So, so anyway, hold on here, Billy. Hold All right, Beach. Jeez. Jeez. Oh, I ripped that bitch. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this just in. The University of Oregon is studying dog poop. The U of O veterinary and animal biology departments have been studying the bowel movements of dogs for several months now. They've been looking at diet, stress, and exercise, and how those items can positively or negatively impact the animal's fecal matter. They compare the poop on looseness, density, smell, liquid content, and color. Yes, even when looking at two pieces of shit, one can still be better than the other. In unrelated news, UCLA will be coming up to Eugene to take on the Ducks this week for, for week seven. <laughs> Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh well, that that was it. So we're 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 good. So so University of I, I thought that was a nice segue into uh, going into week seven. Oh. oh. Okay, Beach. Well, before we get into week seven, we've got to go under for the review for week number six in the Pac-12. After further review, the runner did cross the line. Touchdown. Okay. <sighs> and and my 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 uh, my notes from last week are still packed up in my in my uh, suitcase, so uh, I'm I'm going in blind here on this one. All right. Well, we only had four games we picked. Okay. Ooh. Luckily, I watched a lot of them. Okay. <laughs> so um, all the games were on Saturday, Beach. Mm-hmm. All right. First up, we had Utah at UCLA. Do you remember who you picked? I think I picked Utah. Did I not? All three of us did. From the sounds of it, that was a bad pick. Well, Beach, UCLA quarterback Dorian Thompson Robinson made sure that the streak of five straight losses to Utah by an average of 27 points ended as he passed for 299 yards and four TDs while also running for a score to lead the Bruins to their first 6-0 start since 2005. The fifth-year senior also became UCLA's career leader in passing touchdowns. 
The Bruins also improved to 3-0 in the Pac-12 and picked up the biggest victory in Coach Chip Kelly's five years in Westwood. They have won nine straight, dating back to last season, which is their longest streak since running off 20 straight victories in 1997 and 98. Now, after Cameron Cameron Rising's nine-yard keeper got Utah within 28-25 early in the fourth quarter, Thompson Robinson connected with Logan Loya for a 70-yard touchdown. That score with 11-17 remaining was the 76th touchdown pass of Thompson Robinson's career, passing Brett Hundley for the most in school history. Mm. So they got a hell of a quarterback there. Mm-hmm. So, and he's actually making a lot better choices than I've seen him make in any of his other years. Really? He just yeah. seems like he's matured out? Yeah, he's just making better decisions this year than I've seen him make. So Okay. So none of us got the point. None of us got the point there. And UCLA is still unbeaten in the run. Strong, strong position for a race for the roses. Yes, and we can talk about that um, when we get done with this week's uh, scores. How's that sound? We'll kind of talk about where everybody's at. Okay. Okay. Next up, we had Washington at Arizona State. Do you remember who you took? I think. God dang it! I almost want to say I took Arizona State because I thought uh, I thought they would do better in the heat. You did. Um, Kyle and I took Washington. Washington. Kyle said uh, Washington doesn't win away from Washington, but Arizona State isn't very good. Well, Beach called into action after Emory Jones was injured. Fifth string walk-on quarterback from four years ago, Trenton Borgeau, threw for three TDs and orchestrated out Arizona State's offense to near perfection in a 45-38 victory over number 21 Washington on Saturday that gave interim head coach Sean Aguano his first victory. Borgeau, who had off-season foot surgery, adeptly led the offense after starter Emory Jones was injured in the second quarter against Washington, throwing for 182 yards on 15 of 21 passing with an interception. He hit Elijah Badger for two touchdowns, including a two-yarder in the fourth quarter to put the Sun Devils up 45-38. to Now, Arizona State stopped the Huskies on fourth and nine near midfield, and a botch snapped all but ended Washington's final drive. Wow. Son of a gun. So you got the win there. Nice. And uh, so where's that? What's that put Huskies? uh, What's Huskies record now? Well, we'll talk about that when we're all done. Okay. Sorry. I'm getting ahead myself. What do we got now? Next up was Washington State at USC. Freaking. Um, I think we picked USC. No, did I take did I take Washington State? You and Kyle, I hate you, Kyle, took Washington State. I took USC. Okay, yeah, I kind of thought that uh, Washington State might have some strength with an aerial attack against uh, USC, USC, but I was wrong. USC quarterback Caleb Williams threw two touchdown passes to Mario Williams, and number six Southern Cal shut out Washington State in the second half of a 30-14 victory Saturday night. Now, Travis Dye rushed for 149 yards and a touchdown for the Trojans, who stayed unbeaten in Coach Lincoln Riley's first season. USC hadn't started a season 6-0 since 2006, 
near the height of coach Pete Carroll's powerhouse era. Now, Caleb Williams only went 15 of 29 for 188 yards, but made big throws when necessary in an up and down performance. For Washington State, Cameron Ward passed for 170 yards while hitting Robert Farrell and Nakia Watson for touchdowns for the Cougs, who remained winless in the Coliseum since 2013. Now, Washington State fell short of its second road victory over a top 25 team this season when its offense bogged down on seven consecutive scoreless drives to end the game. So USC actually jumped out to a like a 10-0 lead. Washington State came back, went up 14 to 10, but then never scored again. Jake Nabbit. I tell you what, I have not been that impressed with Caleb Williams as a thrower. As a runner and an escape guy, he's great. But mm-hmm. just as his arm, he's not a great throwing quarterback. I just I haven't been that impressed with him in his throwing ability. Okay. So, anyways, I got the win there. Neither of you two did. And last up, Beach for the games we picked, we had Oregon at Arizona. And we all picked the Ducks, not because we like them, but because Arizona sucks. Well, Beach, Oregon quarterback Bo Nix threw for 265 yards and ran for three touchdowns. Noah Whittington added the superb 55-yard touchdown run. And number 12, Oregon, rolled to a 49-22 victory over Arizona on Saturday. Now, the Ducks scored touchdowns on seven consecutive drives starting midway through the first quarter, building a 49-13 lead by late in the third. All seven scores were on the ground. Now, Oregon piled up 580 yards of total offense, including 306 yards rushing, doing pretty much whatever it wanted against Arizona. Now, Arizona managed to stay within striking distance thanks to a 52-yard touchdown run by D.J. Williams and a pair of field goals from Tyler Loop, including a 36-yarder as time expired in the second quarter. Wow. Arizona just couldn't get a stop, huh? No, no. And and then they they couldn't move the ball themselves after a while. So. Well, that sucks. (laughs) Yeah, well, um... So after that, um, going in, you and I were tied at 31 out of 41. Kyle was at 30 out of 41. So after going perfect two weeks in a row, Kyle had a crappy week and only got one of four. So he ended up at 31 out of 45. You and I went 50-50 and are now at 33 out of 45. Okay. So that's where we are up to this minute. All right. One more game to talk about, Beej. We have the, the game that I got about 15 to 20 minutes of ESPN quality time before it shut me down. Yeah, we had Oregon State at Stanford. Stanford is always a team that we struggle with, I feel. I agree. I agree. And uh, this this game was no different from the sounds of it. Yep. Well, quarterback Ben Gilbranson threw a 56-yard touchdown pass to Trayshawn Harrison with 13 seconds remaining, and Oregon State overcame a 14-point deficit in the fourth quarter to beat Stanford 28-27 on Saturday night. Now, the Cardinal appeared to be in control of the game when they took a 24-10 lead into the fourth quarter using a, with Oregon State using a backup quarterback. Instead, they collapsed on the stretch and lost their 11th straight game against an FBS opponent. Now, Gilbranson threw a 21-yard TD pass on fourth down to Silas Bolden on the second play of the fourth quarter 
to start the comeback. And Beads, let me tell you, that was a great catch. Was it? It was. It was amazing. Yeah, went up as he's going out of bounds, tapped the foot down. It was just a great catch. Just per- perfect to to secure the to secure inbounds. The, yep, and- yep, yep, and grab the ball. Uh, running back Damian Martinez added a 43-yard touchdown run to make it 24 to 22. But the Beavs missed both two-point tries to keep Stanford in the lead. Now, the Cardinal took uh, nearly killed the clock before settling for a 46-yard field goal with 58 seconds left. But Gilbranson only needed three plays to go 76 yards for the win. After two short completions, he took a shot down the sideline for Harrison, who leaped over Ethan Bonner for the catch. Patrick Fields appeared in position to make the tackle, but Harrison got by him for the score. Gilbranson finished 20 of 28 for 250 yards and two TDs in his first collegiate start in place of the injured Chance Nolan. Now for Stanford, quarterback Tanner McKee threw two long touchdown passes to Bryson Tremaine, but it wasn't enough for the Cardinal, who haven't beaten an FBS team since topping Oregon on October 2nd, 2021. Stanford set a school record with its 10th straight conference loss. Wow. So, Beach, I, I wish you would have seen that game. So, it was a little disheartening just because it felt like going into that game, the Beavs were the better team. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Stanford is as horrible as some people uh, perceive them to be. Um, last huh? week, Stanford hung around with Oregon quite a while until the first, fourth quarter. They were hanging around, hanging around kind of in there until the fourth quarter. But it just didn't seem like Oregon State had any offensive flow. Um, mm-hmm. Just just no – the play calling do, just do – think you, do, do you think it was play calling? Do you think it was because we didn't have our starting quarterback in there and they just weren't connecting? Yeah, I mean, I think some of that's going to be um, not having your normal starter in there. There's, You know, you, you haven't developed that kind of rhythm with this guy. But, yeah, some of the play calling, it just never seemed very – consistent it never seemed very like there was any flow to what was being called um you know mm-hmm. the Beavs first touchdown they took over on their own one yard line and drove 99 yards for a score and it was a, it was great play calling mixing up the the run and the throw and getting positive yards on first down and it was great and then after that you'd see so many drives where it's first down they throw a long pass it's incomplete and all of a sudden it's second and ten and you're like, well, crap, you know, or they would run a play and lose five yards. And you're like, okay, now it's second and 15 or second and 12. And you're mm-hmm. like, crap. Well, it, well, and one thing that I heard was that we had a lot of personal fouls. There was a lot of personal fouls in that game. Yeah. Yep. So and well, just, in, in, in particular, just I think it was frustration or, or just lack of having the brain in the game. I think maybe a little bit of both. Um, you know, I always wonder when you're playing with Stanford, you got really smart guys out there for Stanford that I think are sometimes really good at goading people mm-hmm. into, into things. And you always see, you know, mouths moving and you wonder what kind of chatter's going on. Uh-huh. But yeah. And I think some of it's goading into it, but you can't fall into that. Right. You just can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it looked like the bees were going to lose that game. I mean, they went down, scored, 
didn't get the two-point conversion, so they're down two, and they need a stop. And Stanford gets a couple first downs. They have a third and eight. It looks like the Bees hold them, but the Bees get called for holding. Stanford gets a first down, runs a couple more. I think the play that's not getting enough credit in this is on Stanford's last third down. They brought in their third-string quarterback, who's more of the running guy, and Oregon State stuffed that play for like a four- or five-yard loss and Hmm. made Stanford settle for the field goal. And so it gave Oregon State back, be it with a bigger deficit, but it gave Oregon State the ball back with some time. Mm-hmm. With some time. Yeah. They, they had no timeouts. Not a whole lot of time. They had less than a minute, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, they had 58 seconds left when they got the ball back. So, so they're probably thinking we were up by five. The field goal is not, not an option for them. We got a minute that we just have to contain. Yep. And really, uh, uh, Treshawn on that catch – made a great grab to pull the ball basically off the guy's pads and helmet. I mean, he kind of ripped it off. And is he, you you sent me you you sent me that video of it and I must've watched it like 10 times. Yeah. Trying to figure out how in the hell did he get the height and be able to get the ball from in front of his defender. Yeah. And I showed that play to the boys this afternoon. And that was Peyton's thing. He was like, how did he get so high? I'm like, he had a lot of air underneath him. And the thing is, he grabs the ball off the guy. The guy's kind of stunned. But when he came down, he turned to his left towards the sideline. And the one mm-hmm. the one safety who was supposed to be playing over the top, you can see he kind of held up thinking the play was mm-hmm. over. And that half a second let Treshawn just fly down the field. Gave him the the lead he needed just, to, just to stay little, ahead. Of him. Yeah, yep, just a little bit that well, he. Well, I mean, I, I was going to say not only was the catch amazing, but the fact that he was able. Because how many more yards did he run to get to the end zone? Twenty five. Uh, yeah, it was a fifty six yard pass. Yeah, he probably ran. Shoot, close to f- maybe thirty five or forty. That was like a fourteen yeah, or I mean, fifteen was... yard pass, I think. Okay. So yeah. And, and I mean, he just and he, he yeah, be- beautifully done. Yeah, like I said, I I went onto the airplane knowing we were down by two scores at the top of the fourth quarter. I think mm-hmm. is when I left, and uh, I just I, I, again I couldn't get anything because the Wi-Fi wasn't working on the on the plane, and so I couldn't get any updates. And I'm just thinking, two scores. This is doable. This is doable. Come on. So and then and then I get home and I think it was when I got home and turned my phone on. I think you'd sent me messages. I think the the words were "Holy shit, holy shit." Yeah. Different text messages. Yeah. Well. So because I was and then the, and then the, the dad I think texted me too and said the same thing. Yeah. No. Well, so I'm sitting here in my den. Uh, Jess was out in the living room, listening to a podcast or watching something. And I'm sitting here in my den, and I'm just thinking, well, I'll I'll watch out this last minute here. See how the beeves do. Hopefully they just get some yards, get down the field, do get some positive plays in here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you got to catch it and get out of bounds or get a first down. So you stop the clock, you know? Yeah. Even if it's just for them to reset the chains, at least it lets you get set up and, and runs less time off. So the first pass inbounds, short of the first down clocks, running clocks, running second pass first down. So it stops the clock, whether reset the chain. So then they got set up. And only lost about two seconds off that clock before they snapped it again. So I'm like, okay, that's pretty good. And then they threw the pass. And when he caught it is when I first yelled, 
holy shit, because I couldn't believe he caught it, right? Mm-hmm. But then when he turned to the left and started going, then I just started screaming, holy shit, holy shit, because oh, I'm thinking, and then I'm yelling at Jess, get here, you got to see this. The Bees are going to win w- this game, and they have no business winning this game right now. I wonder how many people had already turned off the television in oh, disgust I'm sure, and went to bed. I'm sure a lot. And the worst part is I just quit looking at social media during games when things aren't going well because mm-hmm. you get all these people who are like, fire this guy, bench that guy. We suck. We should be in the big sky conference. We should go here. You know, we're regressing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, guys, what the hell? The thing people have to remember is, and we've talked about this before, there's two teams on the field, and both teams are trying everything they can <laughs> to try and win. To win. Yeah. Know it's, and, and 50% of the teams lose, except in soccer, 50% of the teams exactly. lose in football yeah. every Saturday. Exactly. <laughs> and I think this year, outside of Colorado, who looks to be pretty terrible, I mm-hmm. don't think anyone in the Pac-12 is terrible. No. I mean, no, look no at, I don't. You look at... Er- Arizona might be the closest, the next closest one. Well, and you but... had you had um, Stanford had had won their first game against Colgate, but then it well they'd lost three straight Pac-12 games. Yeah, to top ten ranked USC, Washington who was ranked, and Oregon mm-hmm. who was ranked. So the, you know? the two the three ranked teams they, yeah. they have a very tough schedule. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, you got to give them a little bit in there, but anyways. Um, and and I don't think they didn't get dominated by uh, those teams, um, did they? They played they, well, no. I think. They 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 the the, the 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 final margin of victory was pretty big. But like I said, with that oh. Oregon game, they were hanging around until the end. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. shoot, mm-hmm. Washington State was beating Oregon until like a minute left in that game, and then Oregon and then ended could. up and then and Oregon ended up winning by multiple scores. So I mean, who the hell knows? But yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, outside of Colorado, I don't think anyone is horrible in this league this year. <laughs> Anyways, and then, uh, yeah, and I know some people have gone to bed, and then they woke up and just couldn't believe what they saw in the morning. So, <laughs> a bitch. It was worth staying up till 1130 at night to see that. Absolutely. So, but anyway, so yeah, he scored with 13 seconds left. Now, other people are asking, why did the Beavs go for two starting on that first touchdown in the fourth quarter? Well, a couple things. One, they've been playing with their backup kicker. But also, on that first time they went for two, their long snapper had gotten uh, his finger cut open and had to have stitches. And so he was out. Now, yes, they do have a backup long snapper. But with a backup long snapper and a backup kicker, they weren't feeling too positive about it. It doesn't take much of an effort to miss snap and throw that ball into the backfield. Yeah, well, and so that's why they just decided, you know what, we've got two guys Two of our uh, specialists on this, you know, three-man specialist team here, including uh-huh. the holder, are hurt. We're going to go for two. And the first time they went for two, if Gil Branson doesn't fumble the snap, the play was wide open. But he fumbled mm-hmm. the snap. By the time he gathered it back and threw it, the guy had recovered, and the ball hit him in the back, you know, ending the play. But the receiver yeah. was open before that. So, And then the second time they went for two, well, obviously they'd missed the first one, so they needed to go for two to try and tie it. Now, after the go-ahead score, the reason why they didn't why they didn't uh, do the conversion, they just kneeled on it, was because they didn't want something 
catastrophic to happen. And uh, Stanford being able to have a defensive conversion for two points. Because a lot of people don't realize on the extra point, if the defense you know, picks up a fumble or intercepts a pass and runs it all the way down to the other end, that's two points for the defense. Mm. So kicking it does you no good because it only puts you up by two. Mm-hmm. And if you go for two, well, you might get it, but you could also fumble it or throw an interception and end up you know, losing the game on it. So screw yeah. it. We're just going to play the numbers and kneel on it. Well, I was going to say it's, it's all risk management. Yeah. And at that point, you know, you know, your kicker's got enough leg to put it through the end zone. So they're going to have to go mm-hmm. 75 yards in 13 seconds to try and beat you. And really they're going to go have to go probably what? 25, 55, 60 yards in 12 seconds. Yeah. You know, you're not to give them a shot. Yeah. 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 In 12 seconds, you're going to have to go, you know, 50 to 60 yards to have a shot at kicking a field goal. So they just play the numbers. It makes sense. Yeah. No, I, I I totally agree. Anyways, it was a great game. Great win. Um, I was watching the game, but also listening to the stream with Parker and Parker just went nuts and it was great. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. So, and like I said, it just, you kind of thinking, well, it looks like it's not going to be, it looks like it's going to end here, but let's hope, you know, they get, I was just thinking, let's see if they can get a few extra yards and maybe make a, maybe make something on the last play of the game, right? Try to throw it in the end zone, you know, mm-hmm. for some miracle to happen. And well, they, didn't, yeah. they didn't need that miracle, but they got a different one. <laughs> All right, Beach. So. Well, I'm just I'm just glad we got another win in the pack. I was I, I, we, I just didn't want to deal with another loss. Yep. Well, let's talk about the Pac-12 in the polls. Um, they came out today um, in the AP poll. USC fell a spot to number seven. So they they won and fell a spot. Is that did somebody move above them because they yeah, didn't perform ten- well enough? Tennessee jumped two spots. Okay. UCLA moved up to number eleven. Oregon stayed at twelve. Okay. Utah fell to number 19. Or, 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 or Oregon at 12. Yeah, what did I say? Oregon State. I meant Oregon. Sorry. Utah fell to 19, Sorry. and Washington State is in the others receiving votes category. Washington fell out of the polls and didn't even get a vote. <laughs> now, in the USA Today coaches poll, USC stayed at number 6. Oregon's at 11. UCLA at number 12. Utah at 19. And Washington State and Washington are in the others receiving votes category. Now, Beach, we were right. we are also talking about standings in the Pac-12. Remember, there is no North and South division this year. It's just the Pac-12 conference. So they'll take the top two teams and they will play for the Pac-12 championship. And at that at this point, there's three teams that are in in that running, correct? So there's three teams that are undefeated. You have USC. 4-0, and UCLA and Oregon at 3-0. Okay. And then you've got Cal at 1-1, and and then Arizona State, Oregon State, Washington, and Washington State, and Arizona at 1-2. and Okay. Colorado at 0-2, Stanford at 0-4. The only team that's really been eliminated is Stanford. And Colorado. Now yeah, they're 0-2. They've only got two losses. Well, I'm just saying, okay. if we're not going to yeah, eliminate no. any of the other teams with two losses, we can't eliminate Colorado. Yeah. So, 
They could go seven and two. Okay. Anyways, that's where we stand. A lot, a lot, a lot of game left. A lot of games left to play. Exactly. Well, uh, for the Beavs, they're now halfway through the season. So mm-hmm. that was that was game six of twelve. So, and really, I think if you told people halfway through the season the Beavs are going to be four and two, I think they'd probably be pretty happy. I think so too. You know. Uh, Especially they, since our losses are are two, two ranked teams. Two, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and one so, of them, one of them, they took they took to the dang end, you know. Yeah, and really absolutely. probably outplayed UCA, USC. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know things are still good. There's a lot of good things that can still happen. Season's not over. There's a lot of good things that can happen. Absolutely. All right, Beach. Well, now it is time for the Tommy Tuberville. What's he think I look like? A jackass? You sure do. <laughs> jackass of the Week Award. Every week, we like to discuss a person in college football who exemplifies the truly worst in sportsmanship, leadership, or just being a fan. And this week, Beach, we are giving it to Alabama State head coach Eddie Robinson Jr. What did he do, Billy? Well, Beach, when Jackson State football coach Deion Sanders and Alabama State coach Eddie Robinson Jr. met at midfield after Saturday's game. The exchange ended with Robinson pushing away the Pro Football Hall of Famer. Turns out they were just getting started. Now, Robinson took Sanders' hand following Alabama State's 26-12 homecoming loss to Jackson State, but wanted no part of an embrace with Sanders, instead shoving him with his left hand as he walked away. A surprise, Sanders threw his hands in disbelief before walking away alongside a security detail. Now, Robinson later explained that Sanders had made disrespectful comments in the week leading up to the game. Robinson also alleged that Sanders walked through Alabama State's offensive warm-ups in one of the end zones, rather than taking a more direct route to Jackson State's sideline. He added that Jackson State should have taken a knee in the final minute of the game, rather than trying to score more points with its backup quarterback. Robinson said he would always shake an opposing coach's hand, but saw, quote, no need for an embrace with Sanders. Robinson said, said, quote, I'm going to always be respectful and respect the game. You've got the great coaches, W.C. Corden, Eddie Robinson, those guys, Marino Kasem. I'm living on the shoulders of the SWAC. That's the SWAC, the Southwest Athletic Conference. Okay. Now, Robinson, who isn't related to Grambling coach Hall of Famer Eddie Robinson, then added of Sanders, quote, he ain't swack, I'm swack. He ain't swack. He's in the conference, doing a great job, can't knock that, got a great team, his son should be up for the Heisman Trophy, I love Shadur, great player, I love what he's doing for the conference, but you're not going to come here and disrespect me and my team and my school and then want a bro hug. Shake my hand and get the hell off. Now, Sanders has led Jackson State to 12 consecutive SWAC wins and a league title in 2021, while bringing increased attention to the league and HBCU football. That's historically backed colleges and universities. Okay. Now, Sanders defended his pregame routine, saying he always ran around the field before NFL games and arrived too late to greet Robinson at midfield before kickoff. Now, last week, Sanders said Alabama State inviting Jackson State as its homecoming opponent was a, quote, money game. 
because of the large crowds and attention that follows him and his program. Sanders said after Saturday's game, quote, I heard him also spew out comments about what did I say leading up to the week. I was a darn good salesman leading up to the week. Did we sell the game out? Did we sell the game out? Yes or no? Had they ever been sold out here? So I thought I did my job. I thought I should be applauded, really. And Beach, I mean, that's really what it comes down to. And, and this uh, Robinson guy actually said, you know, uh, everyone wanted to be prime time, which was Sanders' nickname when he was playing. Everybody wanted to be prime time when they were growing up. Well, if you wanted to be prime time, then you also know what you're getting with prime time, which is prime mm-hmm. time out there talking. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, you know, people were surprised when uh, Dion took that job at Jackson State. They thought he would go to something bigger, but he was like, I want to bring some attention to these great athletes playing in this smaller conference. You know, this, H- this HBCU conference doesn't get enough love, and you got a lot of great athletes down here. And he's been bringing attention to it. And mm-hmm. part of that is because he is primetime, and he's out there talking. That's what he he was doing that since he played at Florida State. He did it in the NFL. He's doing it as a coach. And he's actually turned out to be a pretty guy dang good coach. Well, that's what it sounds like. I mean, I'm impressed that he's, you know, a lot of times a lot of times players don't make great coaches, you know? No. He's turned out to be a great and, coach. Yeah, no, I think that's fantastic. And and for that guy to throw a minor hissy fit and push him away was just kind of bitchy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, you can go see it where they shake hands and, and Sanders just goes to kind of give him a little bit of an embrace and the guy just puts his hand on him and pushes him away. And it's like, dude, quit being a bitch. You yeah, got, that's what it comes down to. You got beat. You got beat. You're pissed because you think, I think what it comes down to is he doesn't consider uh, Dion a real coach because he hasn't been coaching that long. Mm-hmm. And that's what it came down to. Absolutely. Yeah. So, anyways, for being such a, a jackass and a little bit of bitch, Alabama State coach Eddie Robinson Jr., you get this week's. <laughs> jackass of the week. I know, I just, they were playing that that replay and I saw it. It just kind of, I was just like, ah, what a bitch. Yeah, I mean, that's what it comes down to. I mean, like you said, sold it out. What the hell do you care? Mm-hmm. Brought in a ton of money, brought some fame and fortune to your little school, and anyway, you ain't whack. You ain't whack. Yep. No, no shit. I mean, All right. It's... All right, Beach. Well, this week's musical interlude, um, we told Kyle he could pick, and so this is what Kyle said: For this week's song, I thought I had a good pick. It had a really interesting backstory. It was the predecessor of many rock genres. But it got to be Sunday night, and what I wanted to hear is some funk. Instead, let's go to the Ohio Players. The Wikipedia shows 21 current and former members of the Ohio Players. Nothing super interesting, but Fire is a great little funk song. So, Beach, here is the Ohio Players with Fire.
players actually formed in 1959 is the Ohio Untouchables. And why did they change their name, Billy? I don't know. I just saw this on this thing Kyle sent me. That's all I can read. <laughs> Aren't they the ones that supposedly had songs of people having sex on it or some girl having an orgasm or something? I have no idea. Did you get in trouble for that one? Yeah. They always had like Oh, maybe it was called Climax. Maybe that was the name of the song. They recorded some gal having sex, and they put it on in the background? Yeah, so... I don't know. I'll have to look it up. Putting Ohio players. Oh, okay, Love Roller Coaster. That's what it is. Um, so, let's see here. I'm going to read what it says. So... Um, Ohio players love roller coaster became the subject of a particularly ghoulish rumor upon its release that someone was murdered in the adjacent studio while they were recording the song 
or alternately that someone was simply very badly burned while they were recording. But depending on which version of the rumor you've heard, something very bad happened in the session. That very bad thing might have been the best thing that could have happened to the song. Didn't uh... it all stems from a scream in the middle of the track? At two thirty, at two thirty-two of the album version, someone lets out a scream. It's not a piercing scream. In fact, it's very low in the mix. You almost wouldn't notice it on first listen if you're not paying close attention, and that makes all the difference. Were a singer to just let out a shriek in the middle of a song, we might think nothing of it. But take that shriek and muffle it and turn the volume down and bury it a little deeper, and what happens is it begins to sound a little like something that maybe wasn't intended to be caught on the tape. Just maybe. Mm. So. Anyways, there you go. Interesting. Well, thank you, Kyle. Yep. Still, still not a fan of you, but, you know. Yeah. All right, Beach. Um, I have a song picked for next week already. Really? So we'll go back to me. Yes. All right. Okay. All right, Beej. It is now time for week number seven preview of the Pac-12. Get Kyle's email up here so I can read it. All right. So all the games are on Sunday, October 15th. Looks like we have six games. Ooh, six this week. Yeah, but uh, one of them is a non-conference game for somebody. Hmm. Okay, first up, we've got Cal at Colorado. Cal at Colorado. Um, well, you know, I almost want to uh, say Colorado just because, you know, the sun shines on a dog's ass even once, once in a blue moon. Um, but I'm not. Let's go Cal. I too am taking Cal. Kyle says, fully rested, Colorado invites Cal to come get a W. Cal. <laughs> uh, we had a week off. Why don't you come beat us? All right. They've had and they, they've had a week uh to break in their new coach too. So All right, Beach. Next up, Arizona at Washington. Ooh. Um, hold on just a second. I got a Arizona at Washington. Um, you know, uh, same reason why I went the other way last week. Uh, it's at home. Washington's going to win. Kyle says Huskies are happy to be home. Washington. I too am taking Washington. Next up Stanford at Notre Dame. Stanford at Notre Dame. Well, you know, I don't think there's any doubt. Notre Dame. Kyle says, I think there's a lot of grace given to Coach Shaw, but the loss to Notre Dame will be national attention to the Stanford team. So he's taking Notre Dame. So he's saying there might be some uh, pressure starting to be put on Shaw. Well, that was my question to you earlier today. Yeah. Is do you think his do you think his job is in jeopardy? Not yet. Not yet. So you think he's got a at least one at least at least through this year? Yeah. He's safe. I think okay. so. I've always I've always liked Shaw. I think he's uh, he's always seemed like a uh, uh, as far as his character goes out there on the field, he always seems like a really uh, good guy. 
Yeah, he always you seems know, in control. You don't, you don't hear a lot of drama about him. You don't hear a lot of a lot of excuses out of him. He's usually pretty pretty straightforward and and uh, and and actually has brought quite a bit of success over the years to to Stanford. I agree. All right, so, Beach. Okay, so you, you, are you taking Notre Dame? I'm too? taking Notre Dame also. Up next, Beach. Okay. USC at Utah. I already know who I'm going to pick. I wish I had something witty like Kyle does. Kyle says, Pac-12 beats down Pac-12, Utah. I, uh, I too am taking what Utah. Is a, what is a Ute anyway? It's a, it's a small goat? No, it's a no. It's an Indian tribe. Oh, okay. That's what Utah is named after. Utah is named after an Indian tribe? Uh-huh. You could see how it could be a goat. I mean a little Ute. Come here, you little Ute. <laughs> um, yeah, Utah. Okay. All right. So it makes you wonder if they're gonna have to get rid of that name. Uh, no, because like it's gonna be so. They'll, they'll be like, we need to rename the state of Utah. So. N- no. Well, I believe uh, they've got the okay from the from the tribes that live there. Okay. Just okay. like the Seminoles. Gotcha. All right. All right, beads. That's it for our. Is that it for our picks? Well, I mean, you know, they already took the Indians off the butter, so it's just a, you know, like. <laughs> did you say Utah also? Yeah, yeah. We had no difference think, in picks you, this I, week. Yeah, I think, uh, well, hold on, we're missing one. No, then there's just, uh, no, then Oregon just. And, Oregon and UCLA? Uh, I don't think they play this week. I thought that was this week. You said there were six games. We're yeah, I, well, I could have been mistaken, dude. Let's see, week seven. That might be the next game for both of them. They both have buys this week? Could. Yeah, there's only six games. And one's an out-of-conference. Well, well, hold on. Uh, Cal versus Colorado. Yep. Arizona versus Washington. Correct. Stanford versus Notre Dame. Correct. USC versus Utah. Correct. And Washington, and Washington State versus Oregon State, which we're going to talk about right now. Yeah, you said there were six games. I was wrong. There's only five. Oh, okay. UCLA, Oregon is next week. Okay. And and Arizona State's also got to buy? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> And there's only four games next week. Hmm. So lots of buys next week. All right, Beach. So what do you think? Washington State at Oregon State. Well, you know, we've always had trouble with the Huskies. Last was it This is Washington State. This is Washington State. State. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I was I was thinking in my mind. I was thinking the That's your problem. Don't use your mind. I'm drinking again, Billy. Uh, Um, the, uh, you know, that was one thing I learned on the, on the cruise. The drink? Uh, there's no, the friends of Bill W. Have you ever heard of this? The friends of Bill W. No, the friends of Bill W. 
So Bill William, I don't know his last name. Uh, he was the founder of Alcoholics Anonymous. Okay. And so on a lot of cruise ships, there is a meeting every morning with the friends of Bill W. Okay. And apparently people who are alcoholics just meet up in the morning and have a conversation, kind of see who their buddies are out there that are trying to, you know, keep them from, from partaking. So, yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, it's a thing. I didn't know it was a thing, but it's a thing. A code for AA meetings. Yeah, I see that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. Needless to say, I've met some of my friends in Bill. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I was so tempted to buy that, uh, what is it, $5,000 drink. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, we, we ended up passing on it. We talked to the bartender, and he couldn't give us an answer if um, if it included a tour inside the ranch or if it was just of the vineyard. So for for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, on the Disney Wish and only on the Disney Wish, there is a lounge called the Hyperspace Lounge, and it's themed to Star Wars. And if you go in there, you can order, what is it called, the Kyber, the Kyber Crystal? Is that right, Billy? Um, I think so. So... It comes in a, a big, massive device, which you have to put a code in, and then it opens up for you. And it's a $5,000 drink. <clears throat> and it includes, I think it's like it's like a total of four or five drinks, I think, all in one. Um, yeah. It's like Pappy Van Winkle. Yep. And then there's, um, is there a, a um, bourbon in there? Well, Pappy Van Winkle is a bourbon. Oh, maybe. Um, then, then so it comes with it comes with. Uh, uh, so there's a there's a cocktail in the in the middle called a bark speeder. That's made with cognac, yuzu, kumquat, and Grand Marnier um, essence. Okay. And then there's three shots, including Pappy Van Winkle's Family Reserve 23 year bourbon. Taylor mm-hmm. Flad Great, very old Tawny Port, and Watinshi Gin. Okay. And it comes in a Cantomo, which for Star Wars nerds is that big ice cream making maker looking thing that you saw the one guy running with in uh, The Empire Strikes Back. And also played a, a role in The Mandalorian. Correct. Yeah. And uh, so you order this, it's a $5,000 drink. But with it comes a certificate for a private tour of Skywalker Vineyard, theoretically Skywalker Ranch. But nobody could tell us. We asked the, uh, we asked the bartender, and nobody knows if it's just a tour of the vineyard or if it actually lets you go into the production facilities of Skywalker Ranch, where they did a lot of the filming uh, for, uh, and I'm assuming it's filming and special effects for Star Wars. Uh, I believe that's where um, Industrial Light and Magic is headquartered. Yeah. And there's, um, I think there's Ewok Lake on the property. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and let me look, but, but you do not, tours are not allowed of this place. And so the only way to get a tour is to get on the Disney wish and then buy this $5,000 drink. But we just don't know how much of the tour 
is available. So is it just of the vineyard? Or are we just, cause I mean, if I need a tour of vineyard, I can just go out my back door and I can tour my own vineyard and that's just as good. So plus I got a big orange blowy guy in mind, but I don't have a Lake Ewok, but you know, Hey, I can put in a lake. But they, they probably don't have a mini putt-putt course either. That's probably true too. Or, or a zipline. Yeah, I I've looked at the aerial maps and I did not see either of those two items in their in their vineyard. So yeah, I, I have to say I'm probably a little bit nicer than. Uh, okay. Than, um, well, with all that said, what do you think about Washington State and Oregon State? Oh, um, let's see here. Sorry, going on my drinking again. Um, I um, it's going to be a good game. That's all I can think of. It's going to be a damn good game. I, I don't see any of the games that we play this year as being cakewalks for either team. No. And Wazoo is a good, good team. Um, I think Oregon State might be a little bit better. But again, on any given Saturday, you just don't know what team's going to show up. So, um, you know, you can have the, the best team not show up or you can have the worst team show up and play big. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm hoping we play well. I, I, I don't like to be overconfident on stuff because that's when it ends up biting in the ass. Washington State's a good team. Um, I hope our defense plays strong. If we can keep them from scoring and, and our offense can can get it together and make some plays happen, you know, we put more points on the board than they do and we win the game. Yeah. Well, I hope we get some more pressure on the quarterback than we did against Stanford. Did we not have a whole lot of pressure on him? Uh, no, and we haven't been getting a lot of great pressure off the edge. Mm-hmm. And I would like to see more edge rushing. Okay. But we'll wait and see. I don't think this quarterback is as mobile as Delora is who played there last year. Okay. So, so, so that should help us out. To a certain extent, yeah. Okay. All right. But, no, I think well, the Bees have a good shot. I think they opened, the Bees opened up as like three-and-a-half-point favorites. Well, so. that, that just tells you that they're evenly matched team. Yep. All right. Um, and then let's also talk about the tailgater, Beach. Ooh, I'm excited for this tailgater, Billy. Always a big fan of whenever we have cheese involved. So I so, think we are going to do tri-tip. What what time's the game? Game is at 6, I believe. Okay, so tailgater's going from 7 to 5. Uh, Correct. Okay. So 7 to 5. We got the cheese. What are we going to do with said cheese, Billy? I think we are going to be making mac and cheese. Okay. And tri-tip? Yep. Okay. And I was thinking some garlic bread. That sounds good. Cool. And then you deep frying stuff? I can deep fry stuff, Billy. That sounds great. Now, with the mac and cheese, in the past, I've made the mac and cheese the night before. Mm-hmm. But the problem with that is that pasta absorbs quite a bit of the liquid, and it's not as as creamy as I'd like it to be. Because it ends up, the, the, the pasta gets moist, but the cheesiness goes dry. Yeah, it gets a little dry. So what I'm thinking of doing is we'll cook the pasta up the night before, but we're actually not going to make up the cheese sauce until out in the parking lot. Okay, so we're going to literally... So are we still going to bake it, or are we going to pour the cheese sauce and more or less toss it? We'll, we'll, we'll pour, the, pour the cheese sauce and bake it. Okay, okay. Sound good? Yeah, you know, it'll work. Yeah, I think that'll keep it a little bit cheesier, a little creamier. 
It's going to be a lot more work. I'm going to need your help. You know, I'm I'm the hardest working guy there, Billy. So I I can do that. We can do it. It's just someone's got to be stirring that stuff continually. Okay. So that's just what it comes down to. I'll stir you, that shit like a mother. You, you, up, you up to the t- you up to the challenge? Uh, you know, Billy. Yeah. And I'm thinking about making four big pans of mac and cheese. Have we done four in the past? We've done six, but we usually only use three or four. So I'm just going to make four. Okay. Especially because okay. I'm making them out there. It's going to be just a little bit tougher. Gotcha. So. Well, and you know, and I always tell that every, I always get tired of the people who show up at like in the case of this tailgater, they show up at four thirty, right? Yeah. And then there's no food left. They're like, well, where's all the food? I'm like, dude, We've been out here since seven o'clock. We've had a crap ton you know? of food out here. Yeah. We, we had a crap ton of people. I mean, shoot, what did we have last uh, two weeks ago? We had 130 or 140 people, most likely. Uh, we had 140 sandwiches we made. Yeah. So probably 150 people show up the damn thing, you know, and, and you're showing up, you know, 20, 30 minutes before we shut down and you expected there to be food. Yeah. You know, your lack of planning on your part does not uh, constitute an emergency on mine. Now I will so, be out there for the entire tailgater. Oh yeah. Cause you were talking that you have a, Oh, uh, cause the, the uh, Washington state actually already ordered a bunch of pizzas from Woodstocks. Didn't they? Correct. So I will be at the tailgater, but I, after the tailgater, I will not be going the game. I'll be going right over to the shop to help get that out. That sucks. Well, it is what it is. I'll listen to the game on the radio. Well, it is what it is. And Parker, yeah, and Parker does do a nice job of uh, yep. uh, of uh, describing it. Will you be able to run over to Suds and watch it if you need to? If you have to um, I will away? probably bring my uh, my um, tablet and just have it streaming in the office. Gotcha. So I'll have it there. But yeah. So how, how many pizza? How many pizzas, Billy? One hundred and seventy-four. Does that mean all four ovens are rocking at that time? Yeah, but we can only run three ovens for that order because I have to keep an oven open for, you know, people that are just walking in. Gotcha, gotcha. So, how many how many pizzas go into an oven? Uh, they ordered 12-inch so we can get 15 12-inch pizzas in an oven. Okay, okay. So if we're able to use all three ovens the whole time, we just have to turn them over four times. Gotcha. Gotcha. And then do you deliver them all at once or do you send them in different, uh, are they picking up? We will be delivering. They might be going out in the tailgate trailer. Really? Yeah. When we delivered the 187 that USC ordered a few years ago, we pulled, Uh we pulled everything off the floor of the tailgate trailer and delivered uh, everything, uh, delivered all the pizzas in the trailer. Wow. Yeah. So. Wow. Yep. So we'll see how it goes. Cool. All right. All right. Well, Beach, anything else to add this week? The trailer gets double duty this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. If the weather's not bad, which I don't know what the weather uh, report is, we'll just put them in the back of my truck. Okay. Okay. Well, I hope the weather's good. We should, we should check that out and see, because, you know, that's going to factor into, you know, Mm -hmm. how everything's going to play out. So, because... That impacts my deep frying because it puts me on the rain. Yeah, I haven't looked at it, so we'll we'll look at it later here and we'll start to decide. And then we've got to decide what's going to be on the uh, 
menu for next week's game at Colorado or against Colorado? Ooh, yeah. Well, we were talking about uh, like build your own nachos, tacos, something. Yeah, we'll figure it out tomorrow when they announce the uh, game time. I do like our Mexican theme. I just figured we got to just fine tune that a little bit better. Yeah. All right. Well, anything else to add, Beach? I got I got nothing, Billy. I still got to recover from my jet lag being in the Bahamas. Well, I want to thank everyone for listening to show number 182 of Illegal Participation. If you'd like to comment, send a suggestion, or ask a question, there's a couple of ways to get in touch with us. HeinrichTailgator at gmail.com, at HeinrichTailgator on Twitter, HeinrichTailgator on Facebook. Remember, listen, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Leave a rating review. Beach! Billy! Thanks for being here. Glad you're back, and I'm looking forward to a rockin' tailgate this weekend. Mac and cheese, but it's going to be great. Should be fun. A lot of work, but I think it'll be the best one yet. And here's to a, hopefully a great big beaver win and one more game closer to bowl eligibility. Until Saturday, here's a great big go beeves. So one thing I think people need to remember is they're four and two. They're two games away from bowl eligibility. Ooh, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Well, like I said, I I tend to uh, I I don't like to be overly you know every time that you're overly um, confident, mm-hmm. oh we're gonna kick their asses, dude. No. Yeah. <laughs> I've I've seen us lose to teams that we should conquer. So mm-hmm. I don't like to be over over uh, overly confident on any team we play. And when it comes to Wazoo, they're a good team. They've, yeah. they've been a good team for several, what, for probably a decade or so now. Yeah. You know, they're, they're they're a formidable foe. If the spread is only three and a half points, that's a virtual tie, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I just I just hope we play well. I hope our defense puts their shit to gets their shit together. I hope offense gets their shit together and uh, put them both together, and then we can win a game. And hopefully not stressing out to the last minute. I agree. Yeah. All right. Let me make sure I can hear you here. Am I coming in clear? Yeah. There you go. Say something now. Say something now. Okay. There we go. All right. Let me make sure. I'm double checking right now. We've gone down that road one too many times. Yes, we have. Missing, uh, missing podcasts. I do recall a couple of being extra good on my end, and well, you know, much like those scenes from the Blues Brothers, they'll never see the light of day. Skype recordings. Hey, look at that! We're recording. That's pretty awesome. Son of a bitch.
it's working like it's actually supposed to. Son of a bitch. All right. You, um, son of a bitch. You got all your crap? I don't, I don't know shit. I actually am a little bit lost today, so just let it go. So I've got I've got a uh, I've got a, an update from Eugene. That's about it. That's all you need. Between that and all my my dashing good looks and boyish charm, we'll be all good. Okay, well, I, I don't have our uh, uh, our picks from last week. Oh, so I'm gonna be. I've got them. I know you do. Don't worry, Ben. From the sound of it, you must you must have done pretty well. Uh, nah. we'll see. We'll see. Okay. All right. Silence. Silence. I like beer. <laughs>